0: if you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash markstitching. Now here is your host, Mark, with a story of faith.
1: Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. This is your host, Mark. And with me today is Bruce Straza. Did I say that correctly you, you that did, time? You did get it right, Straza. Uh, so... Uh, I was talking to JP, and uh, you came highly recommended from him, um, and he said that you, you uh, I don't know if you're good friends, how long have you known him?
2: Uh, about 15, 20 years. Okay. Wh- where did you guys meet? Uh, originally, and, I, and I'm going to tell you the truth, uh, I knew JP from coaching, and I also knew JP in active addiction. Oh, okay. So uh, we both used, well, I sold pills, and he bought them.
1: <laughs> okay. So... You met, now you guys are, uh, we, we chase God. We chase God. So, uh, you know, I, I had a friend friend once, and, um, you know, and he had multiple friends that he then led to the Lord, um, and the, the running joke was was they used to do lines of Coke together, now they do lines of Scripture together. Um, oh, that's awesome. So, uh, it's always it's always fascinating when people know, find God, even if they find him separately, and then come back together. You know, one of my best friends who helps me run this ministry... You know, we we were Christians, but you know we drifted away for a while, and then we come back. And we have all that history together, Absolutely. and we can look at each other and talk about Scripture. So, sure. uh, so we're sitting in. Uh, tell me what this place is a little bit. Uh, well, in. the uh,
2: the irony of where of where we're sitting right now is, um, after many years of being clean, um, you know, I, I kind of got to get to to a part. In 1996, on June 16th, I lost my oldest brother, Mark, to an overdose. Okay. Now, I had well been in active addiction um, since about 13. And I found myself not knowing what to do when he passed away, and I got clean. I stayed clean for a long time. Over a broken heart, decided to drink. And, man, three and a half years of misery followed. And the building that we're in now that I'm helping rehab and— turned back into a recovery house and an inpatient treatment center. I lived here for 17 months. And now, look how God's working. Mm-hmm. He's on me to go ahead and use my energies and my efforts and my ministry to go ahead and put people back in here again.
1: And we are sitting in Easton.
2: Easton, Maryland. Easton, it's called Maryland. the Gratitude Club.
1: Gratitude Club. Now, you did, did you grow up
2: around here? Or? I did not. We're originally from the New York, New Jersey area. Okay. We came down to the Baltimore area when I was younger, did my schooling in Anne Arundel County, some college out in uh, University of Maryland, some culinary schools, and I kind of took off, man. I was super nomadic. Um, I cooked around the world. I was basically a hired gun, and with that was was the party scene, always the mm-hmm. party scene. So uh, the the fact that you're even here asking me about <laughs> an amazing God is testimony of itself that God uses all the scraps. Yeah. You know, that's what it, he does.
1: You know, it, it's it's fascinating to me. A lot of people don't realize it, but because the disciples were not disciples of other rabbis, they weren't the they were the not good enoughs. Mm-hmm. they were the people that weren't good enough to be disciples of other people. And here comes here comes Jesus and you know, he he looks he, he doesn't test them, he doesn't do anything else that a normal rabbi would do. Mm-hmm. But he says, Follow me. Yeah, leave know, everything he, behind. Yep. Yeah, he follow he, me. He he picks the people that were not good enough to be rabbis. Yeah. And turns them into people that change the world.
2: Well, look who he hung out with, man. I mean, it, it was the drunks, the prostitutes, the beggars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, to think about his, his entire ministry. He was spat on. He was stoned. He was mocked. He was called names. And he still stayed the course. Yep. And uh, parables still get me to this day. You know what I mean? When I, when I read them and when Father Bill from my church goes through them, I have to go home and I have to explore them. And they're still so relevant today. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about Scripture. It still is relevant, 2019. You know, we're almost 2,000 years into the story, and it still applies to to today's life. And that's what I think the world's missing. Bombs, bullets, all that's not going to solve the problem. Jesus Christ is the answer mm-hmm. to all of it. I agree with that. I I agree. I, I had
1: a conversation on Saturday. I was walking, I was down in DC, and uh, we were taking some promotional shots for for some parts of the ministry that were coming up. And we went to the Museum of the Bible, you know, and I had to put. We had to put all of our you know, go through security and, and of course, put yeah. all our stuff in there. And I, I just looked at, at my friend who I was talking about earlier and I said, Isn't it sad that we have to do this? Like mm. at a at a place that should be the most peaceful place that we can have. The look at a to look at the Bible and, and we still have to we still have to worry about this kind of stuff. And I, I understand it's the world we live in and, and just a sign of the times, I guess you would say. Uh, but it hurts me to know that the God of peace is there and wants to just comfort us um and we run from him. I mean, we do and i am I'm, I'm as guilty of that as anything you know, yeah. life starts to get you know get to put in the fire, and <laughs> you yeah. know there's times where I don't turn my eyes to him, and it hurts me sometimes just to just to think about that so um but anyway, we hear it amazed by God, like to share stories because right. really. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I think think that some of that things is also hearing what God does uh, helps. If He did it for you, He can do it for me. So, we like to hear stories of just amazing things God has done. You know, from the little and the minor to the big and and the great, uh, all part of His story and building His kingdom. Yeah. So, I asked
2: you, Bruce, what has God done amazing in your life? That could that could be as short as everything, you know. <laughs> well, and, we're looking for your experience, right, right. just a little bit. And uh, you know, I had to come to grips with with God. Um, see, God killed my brother, don't you know, of an overdose, mm-hmm. and um, and I carried that for many years. And um, but what He did was He, he softened my heart. And I mean, it happened here. That's why I wanted you to come here. I was thinking about going down to the church that I'm so involved in. I love it. I live for Saturdays. That's the service yeah. that I attend. Well, what, what church do you go to? I too? go to Christ Church in East, and it's an Episcopal church. Okay. And uh, the, iron, the ironic thing is there's a balcony above us, and I lived in one of those apartments. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a musician and a singer. And sitting on the porch of this balcony playing the guitar, uh, the minister of music, a woman named Jana Leslie, um, heard me singing. And as she was getting coffee at the coffee shop next door, I started working at the coffee shop and in in the little food truck because I mm-hmm. needed a job. Yeah. I was just homeless three months ago in New York City, pizza out of a dumpster, couldn't stop shooting crystal meth or heroin, killing myself a day at a time. You know, fast forward, I'm living here and now I'm working at the coffee shop. And she said, hey, are you the guy that, plays the guitar upstairs and i was like yeah i'm sorry you know if it's bothering <laughs> you she's like you have an incredible voice you should come sing for me i was like, yeah what are you doing she's like well i have this church that's all i needed to hear <laughs> and like and the, and the walls came down i want yeah. nothing to do with it how long ago was this too sorry oh you know, we're going back four years okay and um you know she said give me your email address she was so persistent and she um I finally gave her my email address. She said, I'm going to send you a song. Just listen to it. And she sent me a song by David Crowder called Come As You Are. David Crowder is my favorite artist. I've met him. I'm covered in chills right now. man. nicest <laughs> guy.
1: I've literally, he spent almost four hours with me. He like, yeah. Just because I said I was a fan. You yeah. know, It was nice. Took me out for pizza. Sorry, never mind. So That's awesome. Side note.
2: <laughs> so Come As You Are. And then, like, I'm listening to this song. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted. Let rescue begin. All I wanted was rescue. I was, st- I was so sick of the self-hatred and the self-loathing and the resentment that I was carrying around in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, even clean, I was miserable. Yeah. So I pick up my guitar, I look up the chords on the internet, I start playing the song, and about a month later, she says, did you get a chance to listen to that song? I said, I love that song. Mm-hmm. And she said, come sing it for me. I said, I just don't think I'm ready for that. You know, I was, I was a smoky barroom singer, a dock bar singer. I played in cover bands in high school. I'm certainly not going into a church. Hey, hey, there's a couple things that might happen. The place might catch on fire the second I walk in there. You know what I mean? Or the Old Testament, fire and brimstone pillars of salt yeah. are going to happen to only me, though, right? The yeah. only sinner in the world. <laughs> See, that's what the disease of addiction does. It Absolutely. isolates you and makes you feel like you're the only one. And um, I
1: think on the flip side, that's also the disease of of pride. It sure, makes you feel like I'm the only one that could do this. I'm better than this. You yeah, know, absolutely, and, and greed, post-
2: gluttony, yeah. all that stuff was running in my life, and um, but I was in denial about it. The problem with denial, when you're in denial, you don't know you're in denial because you're in denial. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I um, I took a risk and I met her on a Wednesday after work, and um, the the service was on Saturday, and I took my guitar down. She played on the piano we did the song and she said you have to sing this for me you have to sing this and um i got the nudge you know and mm-hmm. uh, and i went and i sang and people clapped and people stood and uh it, but it wasn't that that kept me coming back um my priest a- out of nowhere preached on the opioid epidemic, addiction, and I'm thinking, like, this isn't the church. Because I went to catechism, CCD, Mm -hmm. all that stuff in the Catholic church. I was forced to do that when I was younger. Something was different. What this man was talking about was real. Yeah. And I'm screaming inside, I can help. So what God did, he put me there and he used music. The word comes to me through music. And then I hear these lyrics, and then I have to find out on my own, and then I open the Bible. Mm-hmm. and i want i want to know the stories i want to know more about jesus it breaks my heart what happened to him it it destroys me inside and then i got to like this place through the music and this acceptance of these christians they wanted nothing from me but to teach me and to love me mm-hmm. and to help me be a better man and and through the process um i learned that god knows my pain i lost a brother he lost a son So someone told me when we cry one, God cries two tears, and it all made sense, and I started to educate myself, but I still had all this doubt. So um, I took a course called the Alpha Course, and it's 15 videos. They're 10 minutes long, and then you go into small group discussion, and there's leaders, and it's about three or four videos in that they talk about the evidence of the Bible in Jesus. Mm-hmm. The most fact checked book in the world. Absolutely. They can't even keep it on the bestseller list because it will always be the bestseller every day of every year forever. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even make it. And um, a couple movies, a couple documentaries, and then I'm scratching my head one night after putting the Bible down. And I'm like, oh my, this is real. This happened. See, because I was, I was caught on the cornerstone of Christianity, the resurrection. I, that that's where I I, I was kind of hung up.
1: The the apologetics of it, whether it could have happened or not. Yeah. There
2: I am. Mm-hmm. And um. But he softened me, and he opened me up, and I became this vessel. Now in in recovery, I speak all over the place, and um, and it's a passion. And not everyone can do it. You know, mm-hmm. not everyone can hold a room, uh, tell a story, and and keep it moving. Um, but I've always had that in me. Always been a leader. Never understood some of these qualities I had in my life. And then God took all the scraps and he put them together and, uh, and he gave me a ministry, a street ministry. And I see homeless and I see addicted and I stop and I carry these little wooden crosses in my pocket wherever I go. And, um, you know, they're probably three cents, right? They Mm -hmm. don't cost anything, but what they mean, that's freedom. When you're caught up in active addiction or you have nowhere to live and someone hands you a cross. Now they might not accept it that day, or they're digging through their bag a month away, and there he is, man—the mm-hmm. one who died for everything.
1: Well, going it, back to parables, that's just planting a seed, right? Yeah, the mustard seed. There yeah, it is. Right? We see, we see, we see that throughout parables all the way. Yeah. So, so you go and you, you then start to go to these classes. You start to learn some apologetics. Mm-hmm. What was there a trigger or anything that that you 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 were hung up on the resurrection? You know, death yeah. to life. Was there something that really triggered that? in you that you went from, eh, I don't know, I'm on the fence about this, to, okay, I believe it, I'm assuming you the, <laughs> do, yeah. yeah.
2: The science. The science. It was it was the science that I had seen in uh, one of the videos, that, the shrouds and, and the burial site and things like that. And then it really came down to how hmm. many times the Bible has been fact-checked. It's mm-hmm. the most fact-checked book in the world because it's the most ridiculed and, like, people want to pick it apart. They, mm-hmm. they want to break down Christianity yeah and so then they started uh, i started finding out that the books that we we were taught in high school about you know the greeks had only been fact checked eight times Mm -hmm. eight one two three four five six seven eight and they're teaching it to us as Mm -hmm. children now the bible went through 2900 fact checks and no one could debunk it yeah it's it's, that was it so I'm, i'm a huge apologetics fan and actually uh in two weeks,
1: I'm I'm interviewing a guy that I met at the Museum of the Bible um, who goes to college campuses and teaches apologetics to, you know, non-Christian He's on Rice University down in Texas now. An amazing man, and you know, just his apologetics is way far superior to mine. You know, his understanding of why the Bible is mm-hmm. true. You know, when we were talking and, and I was telling him, and like I tell you, you know, I, I always did, I, I'm discipleship, discipleship to my heart. You know, why why do we believe what we believe? And how does this then further us and move us closer to be with God? And in my discipleship list, since I've read the book, it has been on my discipleship reading list as a case for Christ. Hmm. Very easy read, very, you know, not hard. It's not like uh, Josh McDowell's um, Evidence that Demands a Verdict or some of the other ones that comes with Very, very easy read. And, you know, in there he... He goes through a lot of that. And one of the things that I found fascinating the first time I read that and opened that up is Alexander the Great is the most historically known figure. You know, 30,000 or so, you know, documents talk about Alexander the Great. In documents that we have that talk about Jesus, external, biblical, and biblical, as well as through through history – it's over 250,000 documents. You know, if, if the Bible wasn't a religious book and I'm doing air quotes here, Mm -hmm. it would be, it would be absolutely 100% true. You know, and I love, I love where Paul says, Hey, all of us saw Christ, Christ rose from the dead. These people are still alive. Go ask them, you know, now granted they're not now, but you know, in that day, it would have been debunked back then if it wasn't true. I agree. You know, um, and I got an 11 year old son and, uh, for Christmas I bought him a case for Christ for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so that I, he could start to understand that there's this isn't this isn't just a story we made up.
2: Wasn't well, the journey personal? Yeah, you know. You know, and the journey's personal. So that was the beginning of it. Um, and then enter Holy Spirit. And I was fully consumed in nineteen ninety seven, the first year that I was clean, and I had no idea what had consumed me. Mm-hmm. It was Christmas, it was freezing outside, I had made myself some breakfast, and, I, and the wind was blowing, and this is way before I ever came to this point where I'm talking, I put my hand on the window, and something held me, mm-hmm. and this emotion came over me of all the people that were out there homeless, without family, nothing to eat, cold, and um, immense gratitude came over, you, came over me, and I couldn't stop the waterworks, so I was just crying and crying and crying. And then you fast forward years later and the music found its way into my heart. It softened me. And then there I was, you know, just rehearsing one day and like a blanket, the -hmm. Holy Spirit. So we're, this parking lot that we're in, where that coffee shop was, my good friend, Ron Bain, okay. Knew I was hurting and um, he attended uh, Lighthouse. And he had waited a long time. He found Christianity many, many years before I did. And he showed up on his motorcycle here one day, and he could tell I was hurting. And he took me under the coffee shop, and we were talking. He said, are you praying? I said, God don't want to hear from me, man. Mm -hmm. And he said, man, do you just really try praying? I said, Ron, if you knew what went on out there in those last three and a half years of addiction, God doesn't want to hear from me. He said, well, then let me pray for you. And he grabbed my hands and he prayed. And brother, it was like a blanket that covered me. Every hair of my body was standing up. And all he did was he asked God to reveal himself to me mm-hmm. in a way that only Bruce would know. And it's gonna sound strange, but sitting on that porch upstairs, desperately seeking anything, um, I'd never seen a turkey buzzard before. <laughs> and it, it it just there were two of them just swarming like in the in the parking lot and almost coming over the railing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am almost like, that's ironic. You know what I mean? Everything was a coincidence, a coincidence. Yeah. And now I see them as God's students. You know, he's showing me that he's here. He's showing me, he's showing me that he's always been here. But that was the moment that like I, I felt that. And then I felt it again. I was sitting there rehearsing music and he told me what, it, what he wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, Bruce, I'm going to use your music, your voice, your guitar, your passion, and you're going to save souls for me. That mm-hmm. it is clear. It is clear. It was broadcasted into my head. And see, that's a strange thing. Not everyone's going to get that unless you are on the path that I'm on. And some people don't have audible experiences with the God of heaven. I have. Mm-hmm. And he's clear. And, and I have imagery on when when I know I'm going to preach somewhere, what he wants me to preach on. You know, I, I know this is the scripture I'm supposed to be talking about. And I'll apologize. Hey, this is where I'm supposed to be today. God is telling me something else. And I follow the spirit. Yeah. And I'm and I'm not for everybody. <laughs> you know, I'm not. Um, but I. All right. Here's the situation, you know, in, in my town, there's been a lot of brokenness. We lost my wife's uh, twin sister. Saturday, July 13th was a year. She died in a boating accident. Mm. And then I put this unwarranted pressure on myself that I had to hold everything together. And because I was being fed that, stay strong, Bruce, stay the course, eyes on Jesus, eyes on Jesus. The storm was everywhere in our lives because I kept my eyes on Jesus because I was being told, focus, focus, focus. You know, it's no different than when Peter in the boat, Mm -hmm. he gets out, you know, and he is, in fact, walking on water. He is going to the Lord. And the minute he looks down, you know, what is it, Tohu Vabohu? He looks down and he just sinks. Complete chaos happens. Mm -hmm. Ye of little faith. And uh, I had to practice a lot of things. I had to practice a lot of acceptance, and I had to relieve myself of that, put these people into God's hands, and allow myself to grieve, allow myself to only take care of my wife. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do. It is. It mm-hmm. definitely is. So
1: So now you're, like you said, you're rehabbing this place. Yeah, um, the, old, the old recovery house. The old that recovery I used to house. Living. Yeah. So uh, I'm guessing this is part of your ministry, is part of something that you're doing. I, I you know, you. You have mentioned being, you know, out there with homeless and and, and other things and singing. Um, where are you going from here? Uh, wh- what is what is your passion? What is your what is your, you know, what do you think your f- your faith walk will look like what as it's coming up?
2: You know, uh, the movie that gets played in my head is, um, I me- I meant to talk to people. Um, you know, I, I I have a gift when I when I get up in front of a room full of people because I can allow myself to be channeled. And, and I can deliver. And like I said, not everyone can do that. So uh, as things go, m- music ministry is where I'm going to be. Um, I still work with the youth at the church. Um, I had the great honor of walking someone through their confirmation class and I learned, I bet you more than, than the <laughs> person I was doing. So, um, it's really, it's a street ministry, man. It's, it's using the gifts I have, the leadership that he's given me. And none of these tools are mine. Mm-hmm. None. None of this belongs to me. Man, I, you know, at one point in my life, man, I had so much money. I, 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 it didn't matter. I could buy anything. Infinite credit. And I was miserable. Mm-hmm. Man, I ain't paycheck to paycheck, brother. Sometimes I don't even know how I'm going to pay the rent. But I always know how I'm going to pay the rent. Because God's going to provide.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, so all the chips are in. God, my life is yours. Do what you will. And then things change. Uh, coming, you know, Talbot County three years ago started something called Talbot Goes Purple, Sheriff Gamble. Um, the whole town goes purple for addiction awareness. Okay. And what we're doing is we're educating middle school and high school about the horrors of the opioid epidemic. Yeah. You know, they say it's an epidemic, but really it's a pandemic. It's the entire globe yeah. that's been covered. Um, we had Chris Heron. Uh, the basketball player from the Celtics come out our first year and talked to all the kids. Second year, we had James Wahlberg, Mark and Donnie's brother, mm-hmm. who's in recovery, did a short film. And these guys are big dollars, you know? Yeah. And um, this year, man, I got the nod. They want me to go in all the middle schools and all the high schools. And That's awesome. this is all in Caroline County. And it's like, I, I don't ask for these things. God brings them to my door because I think in everyone's life, and if you're listening, man, check your own life. Check your own life. And where has God qualified you in your past so that today in the present you can spread the word, that you can go out and touch? See, people want to do it in bulk. People want to do bulk. My ministry is, is boots on the ground, eyeball to eyeball, one at a time,
3: mm-hmm.
2: one at a time. Let me buy you a cup of coffee. People want to judge me sometimes. Man, I always got a shirt on that says Jesus because I don't care. Yeah, I am not ashamed of my faith. I catch a lot of side comment, remarks, and recovery. Oh, there goes the God squad. Oh, Jesus freak. You know, man, I've been called worse by better. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, and that's okay because I'm not ashamed of my faith. I'm not ashamed of my God. And, and, and that's how I carry it. But with that, you're Christian, man. It comes a little bit of responsibility, right? Yeah. Got to clean up your life. Got to st- look, stop looking at those websites you're not supposed to be looking at. Mm-hmm. You got to stop using the company credit card to put gas in your personal car. We got to start living right and walking right, so other people will think that what we're doing is right, not by what we say, but how we do it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: by how we walk, and uh, and that can be a struggle, man, because you know the humanness comes in. Yeah, and we fail, we fall short. Absolutely, we all do, and
1: we're told we do. We're we're hypocrites. Like I mean, that's just I get it. We man, are, it. Yeah. you know, and 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 you're, you're wow, your faith is 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 palpable just sitting here i hope that's coming across yeah sure i understand. you know on this i mean y- you know you're challenging just to me sitting here you know um you know you could see it's just it's flowing out of you and to know that you came you know somewhere you know i uh, was you know hurt and down and 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 you know as you said you you didn't want any of this. This this wasn't no. anything.
2: Uh I, I, I feel I, like Paul. You referred to to Paul. I yeah. I identify with him most in the Bible. Okay. I, I do because like I didn't deserve any of this, yet it was given. You yeah. know, and but the thing that pisses me off is it was always there for the taking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You right? just didn't see it at that time. No. And and I, I can't remember her name, I apologize, but whoever that lady, the, the worship leader at the church, what, yeah. was, what was her name? Sorry. Jana. Jana. Uh for her to... to sing out and keep pressing. Uh, God bless her. I mean yeah. that that is she's 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 a gift and is and a part of your story. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people a lot of people wouldn't do that. You right. know, I mean, you know, um, you know, I tell people I do homeless I've been doing a homeless ministry my whole life. You know, I've 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 started a nonprofit they homeless. They don't want to be like that, man. You know, you know? They want better. You know, and but it, it hurts my heart when other people look at people in Recovery and, and celebrate recovery, N.A.A.A. and are trying to get, you know, the better themselves. But even Christians look at them. as' a stigma. Yeah. So to see and hear somebody said, "Hey, I'm going to reach out to this person because he has a gift," mm. and to keep pressing in, that's 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 amazing, you know, because you know, unfortunately some Christians just, you know, no, oh, that's something else that's over there. But everybody is designed to be a part of God's story. It's whether we take it by the reins, you know? Yeah. And it's never too late to be a part of that never. story.
2: So that's, that's what sh- I tell people, man. I was 40, what? So I spent all those years in recovery and I lied about having God in my life because all the great speakers were talking about it. But it wasn't my time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my time. And, and and I'm not saying God pressed me, but he brought a guy into my life, that guy Ron Bain, to pray with me because I trusted Ron. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to just back up, you know, uh, June 11th, it just passed. It's six years clean again for me. Six years, man. Complete absence. I don't even take Vic's Formula 44-D, brother. <laughs> I'm scared of it all. But what I need to remember is July 10th at 3.30 in the morning when I tried to kill myself in the Atlantic mm-hmm. Ocean. Mm-hmm. See, now, I used to lie about this story a lot um, because I wasn't sure what happened. I got high. I buried my drugs and my money in the sand dune that I had, I had been living in for the last three months. I got naked, and I went into the Atlantic Ocean off of Long Beach, Long Island, and I went in with the intention to die. Mm -hmm. The goal was, if I swim far enough and long enough, nobody can save me, not even me. I'll get so tired that I'll just drown. So, I'm out there. I'm past the small waves, the big waves. I'm into the calm of the Atlantic Ocean, and I kind of i'm exactly where i wanted to be i can't hold myself up i'm so tired i can't even see the shore light the lights on the shore behind mm-hmm. me they're gone and um it's me the ocean the moon and uh, and god because as i was going under i'm thinking for my last breath this whisper the first audible sound is the word abigail and i'm bugging out i can't understand why am I thinking of my seven-year-old, seven at the time, seven-year-old niece while I'm trying to kill myself? And that's it. I woke up on a shoreline, completely naked, with water splashing me in my face. I can't explain that. Mm -hmm. So what I know to be true now is that the hand of God himself came down in that water, And he laid me on that beach, and he said, boy, I'm not done with you yet. Get yourself up. Go see your sister. My sister didn't want to see me. I stole everything from her. Mm -hmm. I stole it all, brother. And I showed up in her backyard, and they took a chance, and they drove me to my other sister's here in Whitman, about 15 miles from where we're sitting now. And I detoxed in a tent for 13 days, alcohol, crystal matte dope. I mean, bugging out. Mm Mm-hmm found my way to a treatment center, found myself to this building we're sitting in now. When I had some clarity and I started accepting just the possibility of the God of heaven is real and Jesus was in fact his son and did in fact die for my sin. I finally had hindsight on that story and how I was saved. So I've been saved twice. I was baptized as a child. I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. He brought me out of the waters of the Atlantic Ocean, and then on June 4th of 2017, I was baptized in the river. And my priest asked me, he said, well, you've been baptized. Why do you want to be baptized again? Because the promise of Jesus Christ to make all things new. I want to be that new creation. I want to leave my sin, my sorrow, I'm going to leave it all in that water. And I'm going to come up, because that's my favorite part of the Bible, is the baptism of Jesus. Man, that, jumping ahead, so our next okay, question is okay. Sorry, <laughs> is there any story that really touches you? So go yeah. ahead, tell us why. That that's it because that I was I was there, and what I love about that moment as as I'm reading it, John the Baptist doesn't know what to do with this man. He's been told this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. He knows it immediately as he sees Jesus coming up the shoreline. Uh, he I'm, says it multiple times
1: yeah, before Jesus gets baptized. I'm not even, that
2: guy. Yep. I'm not even worthy to tie the thongs on your shoes. Are you sure you want? Me? But you have to baptize me. And, um, and I loved the conviction that John the Baptist had. He was, they must've thought he was out of his mind, right? The kingdom of heaven is near, repent. The kingdom of heaven is near. He's just baptizing anyone. And, um, but man, what a foot soldier he was, right? Mm -hmm. He was like, he was there when it happened. And I think that's to me, that's the day the devil lost. He was, you know, Jesus was baptized. Holy spirit came. He goes in the wilderness and fights the temptation, the devil lost the ho- uh, hold on us. That doesn't mean that slick snake can't come s- coming back in anyone's life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He comes back through pornography, comes back through alcohol, drugs. He comes back with money, property, and prestige. Like you were just telling me that you had a testimony from someone who was chasing money, not mm-hmm. God. Yeah. So what I say to that guy is take all your money and put it into God and watch it double, triple.
1: I, I find it fascinating that the devil even gets a little bit of a hold on John because at the end of John's life, he's like, aren't you the Christ? Why am I in jail? Like yeah. he starts to doubt. We don't know exactly what happens there. But, right, but right, you know, right. um, here's somebody who who knew from the beginning of his life who the Christ was. And he, again, calling people out, you know, no matter what happens, Satan can get a foothold. Satan can get somewhere in there. Doesn't mean, you know. All is lost or everything is is ruined in your life.
2: No, because the one with all power. Has it. Yes. But, yeah,
1: but we can allow that to creep into our lives. Yeah. And, and you, said, you said earlier, you know, you won't even take uh you know Vic's Formula 44D, man. <laughs> you know, because you're you're safeguarding yourself. Yeah. You know, you, you have to have that. And it's a challenge to everyone listening to this. You know, if you put yourself in God's hands, mm-hmm. you know, watch what he does.
2: Well, look at your own life, Mark. Do you, when, when you go into, you say you work with homeless, mm-hmm. you go into probably some shady neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I have got to get prayed up, brother. Yeah. I have got to put the armor on. And sometimes the the humanness wants to go right. And God is definitely telling me go left. Cause there might be M16s up in that hole. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, we have to be in tune, but I give it all.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I give it all. So in your life, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Do you wear the armor? Do you walk the walk? Mm-hmm. And it's it's not easy. You
1: know i i wrote a I wrote a de- short devotional, kind of geared towards towards youth, um, uh, about the prayers of Nehemiah, the multiple different types of ty- types of ways he prays. And in, in there, I tell a story. It's one of my favorite stories from my life. I was a Christian for maybe two years. I had just got my license, and I had to drive from Dundalk over to. Uh, Woodlawn, mm. um, which is if you're not familiar with Baltimore, I know the area. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, people listen to this not familiar with you know one side and there's Baltimore City right in the center and and you know and God was telling me to to drive around the the Key Bridge, um, which is the bridge that crosses the Chesapeake, and it's a toll. And me being 16 years old and not wanting to pay a toll mm. because I had to drive over the Best Buy to buy car speakers for my car, um, I decided to pull up my map because we didn't have, we didn't even have, you know, GPS's or MapQuest at that time, you I know, mean, I pulled out a physical map. Uh, I wound up driving through one of the worst parts of, of, of Baltimore. I actually drove through Linkin Park, which became famous a couple years ago because of the podcast Serial, you know, where they found the dead body of Heyman Lee. Um, and I, I've never been so scared in my life. And I knew from that moment. God told me to go one way and I, I, I disobeyed. I, you know, nothing happened, nothing bad happened, but, you know, I put myself into a much worse situation. Okay. Uh, so anytime I look at my life or what I need to do or where I need to go, I have to ask him for what I need, that protection. Who do I need around me? You know, for homeless ministry right now, I do a very controlled homeless ministry with my son because I want him to know that the world is bigger Uh, than himself. I won't take him into, I won't take him into, you know, DC or into the the really, really thick of it, you know, but at 11 years old, I want him to know, hey, we could be those people very easily. Yeah, we've been blessed to be where we are. But we need to be able to understand that God loves those people and tells us that we need to help them over and over and over again, because he wants to make something out of their lives. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the, the, the same platform that we have. We have to help them get
2: there. We're, de- we're designed to yeah. serve. We're, oh, absolutely. We're designed to serve and help others. I mean, there are all these commandments. Right? What does she say? There are none greater than these. Love thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there's not enough of that going around, brother.
1: First John 420 is the crux of the Bible, I believe. I believe it's the linchpin that the whole Bible uh, sits upon. It says, if you say you love God, but you do not love your neighbor, mm. how can you love someone that you have not seen when you don't help those who have been seen? That's it, man. That's it. That's the, that's the, you know, you want to wrap up the whole scripture? God, Jesus says it in one way. Yeah. John says it another way there. And I think it's, you know, he said, how can you,
2: you know, Peter, so. do you love me? You know, I do Lord yeah. feed, feed my, my sheep. sheep, Peter. Do you love me? You know, I do it. Feed my sheep. Yeah. So. You know. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm Peter sometimes, yeah. you know, and, and my, my faith can come into doubt some, you know, nothing but wrong with doubt. A lot you, of people in the Bible have yeah. doubted. And you know, when I, but here's the thing: from my doubt comes a greater faith. Absolutely. Uh, because it, it really what it does is I have to explore more. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm a little ashamed I'm not like JP man, my buddy over there. Man, he knows scripture inside and out, and this, that, and the other. That's not me right now. Yeah. I know the music inside and out. My ministry is a little different, but I like going in because that's it became. Here's the deal, man. It became truth to me. That is truth. There's a there's a standard in there that I'm meant to live by. And if I'm going to disciple people, I can't do it of my own will. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I will fail. But if I disciple and I help people with the word, then chances are much better for mm-hmm. me to turn. You know. And I'm not here to turn or do anything, buddy. But if you if you want what I have, you know, this is where I go, and this is how I get it.
1: Mm-hmm. You but know? you know your calling. You know everybody know. has their calling. Yeah. I meet a lot of people that, you know. When I start talking about scripture or what I've done before, you know, degree in biblical theology, studied with rabbis and, you know, Hebrew scripture, you know, and, and stuff like that. And they go, well, I don't know the Bible as well as you do. I don't care. Yeah. You know, you weren't called to do what I did. There it is. You weren't called, you know. All the
2: scraps. Yep. He uses everything.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm messed up and jacked up as much as everybody else. Yeah, I have a degree hanging on my wall, but who cares? That degree is going to burn up and, mm-hmm. you know, when this world's done. It's all what we did and what God called us to do. Mm-hmm. So here we'd like to end with a story. As a worship leader, I, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing what's a song that has touched you or is touching you now, something that, that you can share with our listeners that they can press in, and why has it touched you?
2: Uh, we just uh, th- This weekend we did a special uh, memorial service for my wife, my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie who who passed away in that boat accident it, it happened to fall on a Saturday exactly on the day she died so we put this r- really rocking little set together and for our offertory our big song we did scars by I And they and know um, yeah. so I'm thankful for the scars okay. and like I'm covered in these <laughs> these scars and I speak to kids all the time from mm-hmm. shooting dope and heroin and you know and missing with cocaine I've got you know these abscesses were on me and then that was one one meeting behind it but it's patina it's the story of our life and all the all the smudges and blemishes that we have it's our experience Mm -hmm. that helps others if we don't lie if we tell them truthfully what my the scars of my life in hindsight they're my greatest gift yeah and, and God has used my scars to further his kingdom, mm-hmm. to further his glory, to say that this is not of me. This is not of Bruce. I did not do this. A woman found me playing a guitar. My friend prayed with me. God pulled me out of the ocean. I showed up, and I got quiet, and I listened. And, and the song, you know, Scars, is talking about how God will use your all, all your wicked ways to the glory of his name. Mm -hmm. And for every person, that's different. Maybe someone was an adulterer, you know, and they changed their ways and and they can share honestly their testimony with someone to say that that I'm still married to my wife. And I could, you know, and this person will tell you for 25 years, I have not stepped outside of my marriage. That's hopeful Mm -hmm. to the person who just found out that their spouse cheated on them. Mm -hmm. But we have to... We have to trust God and be able to tell the, tell the truth of our lives to others, and that's what that song's talking about. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. What was the, who, who sings it again?
2: I Am They. I Am They,
1: and yeah. it's called Scars? It's called Scars. All right, go ahead and look that yeah, up. Yeah, man, it's a good one. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Oh, broadcast. man, it's my pleasure. This, this was absolutely amazing. Talked about my favorite subject, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library, this is your host, Mark Stitchin, and we will see you next Monday.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.